Really? That's all we got. And you guys got to sleep in. Gee whiz, I tell you. I'm kidding. It is great to see everybody here this morning. My name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And it is great to see you. It's a great day. Happy Labor Day weekend. Who gets tomorrow off? A few. Who has to work tomorrow? We have prayer ministry after the service. We can pray for you. All right. Uh, it's great to be here this morning. If you're new, if you're a guest, welcome to our home. Welcome to part of our family. And we have a family online. How about some elbow bumps on the screens? There we go. Good to see you this morning as well. Uh, we would love to get to know you a little bit, get to see you after the service. Meet us in the Welcome Center through the double doors there. We got a free gift for you afterwards. Here are a couple stories that would be fantastic. Here at River Heights, our purpose is to help a growing number of people love God, love people, change the world. And that is the lens that we use to do everything, see everything through, help our community out. We just love to do kingdom work here. We love to do what God has called us to do, and that's help people and love people the way they should be loved. Giving, you can give uh, to that purpose, give to the kingdom work that is happening. You can do that a couple ways. One is PushPay, which is our online platform. Very popular thing to do uh, is to give through that. Or you can put cash or check in an envelope, throw it in the connection boxes, the two boxes on your way out the double door today. That would be fantastic. I would love to take a second and just pray for that this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and we just say thank you. Uh, for the gifts that are given this morning. And I pray, Lord, that we would continue to utilize those gifts to do your work. Um, Lord, we want to bless your community. We want to bless the community that you've put us in. Help us do that with the gifts that come in this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Ah, your program, you might want to take that out. It's chuck full, and we're going to talk about it all this morning because there's a lot of stuff going on here at River Heights, which is very exciting. That means things are happening. God is moving and shaking. If you need to know a lot more information, there's a ton at riverheightsvineyard.org. Check that out. But I'm going to say a few things. First of all is the connection card. It's this little card right here. Uh, put your name on it at least. Uh, if, you, if you're a guest and you feel comfortable, fill it out with as much information as, as possible. That would be fantastic. Uh, a couple things. I mean, if you ever have a doubt, like you want to sign up for something or have a question about something, put it on this card and just drop it in the connection boxes. It'll get answered. These all get looked at. But a couple things to take note of. One is on the back side, uh, prayer requests. Everybody who signs this card gets prayed for. And we as a staff, we get to do that each week. We get a number of people, we pray, uh, so everybody gets prayed for who turns one of these in. Now, what we want to do is we love to be specific what we pray about and come alongside you and pray for. So put a prayer request on there, even if it's to get through my day at work or to get through my today with my kids. I don't know, whatever it is, we can pray for that. We want to come alongside you. The second thing is God's stories. We want to see how God, we want to hear from you, how God is working through you, in you, around you, whatever. We want to hear how God is doing that through you today, uh, this week, or whatever. So uh, if you come a little early, they get thrown up on the screen to give us a little encouragement. Uh, with your permission, we can use those uh, to give some encouragement to everybody. Say, God is really doing some good work here. All right, so I encourage you to fill out your connection card. Uh, coming, uh, let's see, this coming Friday is Holy Spirit Night. Super stoked about this. From 7 to 9, 
This is uh, an extended worship time, extended ministry time. When I say ministry, extended prayer time for people to come receive prayer. Uh, maybe some healing, maybe whether it's relational, physical, whatever, um, to hear a little, a little sermon, just a little message about how God is encouraging us and the Holy Spirit coming uh, to fill us. So I would encourage you, come to that. It's, it's an exciting time to come and really connect with God and connect with some people. Now we have coming up also, you'll see in your, your uh, program, uh, we've got the Alpha Party, the Alpha Party slash Mixer, whatever you want to call it. If you have questions about faith, uh, if you have questions like, what's all this hype about Alpha? We hear a lot about Alpha. I love River Heights because we do a lot with Alpha. And by the way, I get to, Sue and I get to do Alpha. It is so fun. You do not want to miss Alpha. Uh, but if you want a free lunch, you want to meet some people, next Sunday uh, from 12.15 to about 1.30, we're going to hang out together. So whether you've been through Alpha, whether you've been a leader in Alpha, or want to explore what Alpha is, it's for everybody. We're having a big party. So we're going to have lunch. We're going to have it right in here, right after service. So I would, I would encourage you to come check it out. If you're like, well, I don't know. I'm by myself. Bring a friend or just come by yourself. You get to meet some people. It's going to be a great time. Uh, just RSVP on your connection card. See the connection card's key. Got to use the connection card. So I would encourage you to come to our party to find out what Alpha is about. Next thing, there's a lot going on. I just want to say a few things. Connect class. Connect is coming up also next Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, connect and Belong are two on-roads to membership. Uh, it's also a great way to connect with God and connect with other people. Uh, but that is next week. Uh, you're going to learn about more about the purpose of River Heights, the vineyard in overall, uh, Vineyard USA, and things like that and what that's about. So love to have you come be a part of that. Uh, again, sign up on your connection card or click on the connection card, the link, and that will take you there. Uh, we've got... October 7th through the 9th, which is a brochure in your program, Come Holy Spirit Weekend. It's a conference. Now, this is put on, uh, we're, we're doing it, uh, Steve Nicholson, who's been a part of the vineyard for a few decades. He is, I, he's so gifted with the Holy Spirit. He's so connected with the Holy Spirit, uh, connected with God. It's just an awesome time to really connect and to really understand who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, how we can be a part of that, and how we can join with the Holy Spirit to do that. It'll be a great conference to be a part of. I strongly encourage you to do that. So register uh, by signing on your, uh, sign up with the, the registration there, or you can go online and sign up for that. Last but not least, can I hear a shout out from the ladies in here? Oh, not bad, not bad. Appreciate that. So, ladies, you'll see this in your program. This is solely for you. Sorry, fellas. You may have to stay home with the kids. Because <laughs> she has three and he's staying home with them. So, um, anyway, uh, this women's retreat is phenomenal. One thing we do at River Heights well is retreats. And we love retreats. And so the ladies are going on a retreat. On the backside, it says where you're going. All roads lead to ARC, which is where you're heading. It's going to be a fantastic time to connect. If you're new and you're like, uh, I'm brand new, I don't know what to do, great place to meet people. It's non-judgmental. It is a fantastic place to let your hair down, literally for some people, and just be yourself. So ladies, I would encourage you, uh, sign up. For that, today is the last day to sign up for that, but you can sign up. There's a registration uh, at the Welcome Center, or you can sign up online, but I would encourage you to do that. All right, 
Take a deep breath. Everybody stand up and welcome the people around you, and Pete's going to come up and share. Good morning. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to all y'all. My name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here. I am super happy to be preaching today because it's been a while, and I'm going to open by sharing a few personal words because of that. Um, I've been on leave from the church for three months. My leave was a gift to the church from the church council and staff to help me and my family heal after a divorce that left uh, me in deep grief for 10 months. I have felt like I was in the valley of the shadow of death. And I want to say thank you to everybody who is here. This church has been an oasis of blessing through the whole experience for me. I've been able to come every week. I've been in town and attend with you and experience God's presence in worship and through our amazing preaching team. And I have been able to have more time with my kids because of my leave as well. This has been at times a terrible journey, but I am super happy to report that about eight weeks ago I was sitting at home and suddenly the joy that has marked my life washed over my body and returned. Uh, yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. That would be uh, credit to God. The joy uh, that I experienced is the kind of joy that came to me for the first time when I was baptized as an adult at 23, and I am so grateful that God has not forgotten or discarded me. I know that's not how God works, but in our grief we can forget that sometimes. Amen? So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a community and a family of God's people. Thank you for worshiping God together every week and for welcoming me and my kids. And thank you for giving me the chance to serve you as a pastor. It is one of the greatest honors of my life. And I want to say a special thank you to the council and the staff for giving me time with my family, for taking wonderful care of the church, and for leading well through a really challenging season. I love you guys, all of you, and I'm really grateful for you. I want to lead us in a short prayer of gratitude, and so I want to encourage you, bring to mind something that you're thankful for. God, I'm just so grateful. We are just so grateful. You have given us in this room so much again and again. And though maybe we take our eyes off it sometimes, God, all of us have something to be thankful for right now. And so we just say together, thank you. You're so good. Help us to remember your goodness, Lord. Amen. All right. So we have spent uh, most of this summer hearing different preaching voices sharing with us about women of faith. We've heard about Hagar and Ruth and the woman with the issue of blood and about all these women whose examples in Scripture demonstrate the love of God and li lives lived in a way that inspires us today. And today we get to look at the, women at the woman at the well. I was super excited nobody else chose these verses. It's one of my favorite stories in the New Testament because it's got such a great message and one I can't wait to share. Also in part because of an experience that I had in Zambia in Africa and I'll share more about that later. So let's start by reading from John 4 together. The verses will be on the screen behind me as we read. John 4, 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard he was baptizing and making more disciples than John the Baptist, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. And so he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field of Jacob that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily down beside the well about noontime. 
Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And so this sets the background for our story. Jesus is starting to become famous. Many people are traveling to see him, and he knows this is going to cause problems with the religious leaders of his day. That's the Pharisees. And so he's on the move, and he takes a detour through country rarely visited by Jews. He's in Samaria. In Christ's time, there were about a million Samaritans, and you might have heard of the Samaritans before because of the parable of the Good Samaritan or all the hospitals named after Good Samaritan. There's still 820 Samaritans living in Israel right now. Most of them are in a city just outside of Tel Aviv. And the Samaritans have different religious beliefs and practices than the Jews, and both of them keep to themselves. They don't have anything to do with each other. Today, if you want to marry across that barrier, you have to go through a six-month trial period in order to make sure you're ready to marry that far away. It's still extremely rare, even though they're neighbors. There are, in our world, so many walls that we put up between each other. Walls of race and nationality, religion, culture, and gender. So many of us are separated from one another, and often we don't even know how that happened. We're still a divided society today, just like people were in the time of Christ. But Jesus here and again and again comes to break down the walls. He goes against the social rules, across the social barriers, to demonstrate that God's love is for all people across every wall we would ever put up all the time. And so he's sitting here thirsty at the hottest time of day in a desert alone, and he asks a Samaritan woman for help because God's actually speaking through Jesus, and there's a really beautiful story that's going to unfold here. Verse 10, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Now, Jesus knows all the barriers between him and this woman, and he reaches out across them first with his own needs. It's amazing how much people respond when you come to them in need. This woman's surprised, and she brings up the separation between their peoples. Hey, you Jews don't talk to us Samaritans. And Jesus responds with generosity and love. He says, God has a gift for you, and I'm here to give it. There's living water for you. But of course, the barriers that divide us are real, and this woman doesn't trust Jesus yet. She's stuck on why they're separated. So Jesus makes this heartfelt offer that's really about God's love, and she responds by bringing up all the obstacles. First off, you don't have what it takes to get water, Jesus. And who do you think you are, Jewish man? Do you think you're greater than our ancestor, Jacob? Do you think your water is better than his? Now, one of my favorite things about the Bible is that the people are really real people. I don't know how many times I've seen people encounter God in a real way and still hang on to all their distrust. I don't know how many times I've done that, right? 
how can I be a pastor dedicated to following Jesus for 28 years and then still wonder, is God ready to discard me right now? God's never been unfaithful to me. But still, sometimes the obstacles get too high for me, for all of us, to see past them. What are the obstacles in your life that keep you from hearing the invitation of Jesus? Verse 13, Jesus replied, Well, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, this woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Well, go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands. You aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. And so Jesus offers this woman living water, and she doesn't know what that means. But we do, actually, because we have the rest of John's gospel. For the Apostle John, living water is a reference to the Holy Spirit. In John 7, 38 to 39, Jesus says, this is just three chapters away. Back in the day, paper was precious. You had to roll this up in a scroll. You had to make it by hand. John knows what we're talking about with living water. John 7, 38, Jesus says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not been given yet. Now next week, I get to kick off a series on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to go through this series for five weeks. I am so excited to together, as a church family, pursue the living water of Jesus Christ, the presence and power of God by the Holy Spirit. I'm excited to see the living water of God meet us here on earth and then flow through us as a people into the world for healing and blessing for everyone that we run into. Because Jesus is offering you the same invitation he's offering this woman. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let God bring a bubbling spring up into your heart and your life, a river of eternal life that flows out of you as well. So Jesus offers this woman living water. She doesn't understand, but she says, yes, give me the water. You'll be saving me a trip to the well every day. Water, by the way, is heavy. That sounds awesome. And here Jesus speaks to build up her faith. He does an amazing thing. He speaks into her life stuff that he could not have known. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, talked about elsewhere in Scripture, gifts that we believe God still gives today, is like supernatural insight into other people's lives. I have experienced this. The first time someone prayed for me at a vineyard church, I was 23 years old, sober from drug addiction for four months, desperately alone, full of regret and sadness and shame. And I had been to this church two times, and nobody in this church knew who I was. And I went up for prayer after the service, and this guy I later found out was named Travis, who I had never met before, leaned over, and he started whispering into my ear exactly, very specifically, how I had been living for months. He said, God's seen what you've been going through, and he's seen these things you've been doing, and God wants you to know he loves you. I got all the goosebumps, and I was like, okay, I get it. I should come back to church. 
God does love me. I was super thunderstruck. Like, how can God be so good that he would share how much he loves me through another person who's never even met me and describe my life to me through them? It was a miracle, and it blew my mind. And I decided I'm going to keep coming to the Vineyard Church, and it's turned out good. I keep coming. I'll be here next week. So Jesus is with this woman, and he sees her on a really deep level. And he speaks right into the place of greatest need in her life. She's been with five husbands. Divorce sucks. She's been through it a lot. She's got personal barriers as well as social barriers that have kept her walled off and isolated, just like you and me. There's brokenness in the culture around her, and there's the pain she carries inside of her. She's a real person, and Jesus really cares. God really loves her, just like God loves you. And so Jesus speaks to her broken heart. Now, I've heard this passage preached here in America like this is like a woman of ill repute or something, like she's going through husbands, like she changes her clothes. Shame on her, right? Let me tell you what the pastor in Zambia preached when we got to this. I was visiting Zambia um, checking out the vineyard churches that are over there and also visiting World Vision and seeing the community development they do there because we've had over 100 kids sponsored through World Vision in this church. And the pastor stood up and said, today we are going to hear the parable of the barren woman. And I was like, that's amazing. They got a whole nother parable in the African Bible. I've never heard of that one, right? And he started to preach this passage. And so I asked him about it afterward. And he said, well, those of us who live in and near the Middle East know what's going on in this story. This woman couldn't have kids. And in the ancient world, you could discard a woman for such a thing. You could kick her out of your house into the street, and you could keep everything that you owned. And she would be living on the street in a world without a job for women, without a safety net of any kind. And I have read through enough commentators to know this is a good interpretation of this passage. And so this woman has been passed from home to home, from hope to hope, and she's been abandoned every time. It's like mild scandal to be on your sixth significant other today. In the year zero, this is a big deal. She's considered valueless. Most commentators note the time for you to get water in the desert is the morning when it's not so hot because water is heavy. And she's too ashamed. She's too outcast. She's too alone. She's out there by herself in the middle of the day. Like you and me, this woman has experienced abandonment, crushed hopes, and dreams that seem to have died. She has personal barriers to God's love on top of all the cultural barriers that we put up. And so I invite you to reflect. What are the pains you've carried in your heart? What's the personal pain that has kept you from the invitation and love of God? The really good news in today's story from the Bible is that God knows your pain. And Jesus has the same offer for you, a stream, a fountain of living water bubbling up in your heart. Because Jesus has hope for you all the time, even when you've run out. Now, like so many of us, this woman's pain is too deep to be won over immediately. Verse 19, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. And so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem's the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped? 
So Jesus has hit too close to home here. He has definitely freaked her out. I don't know about you, but when someone reads into your mail like that, it's a little bit scary. She knows he's got power, but she brings up these arguments again between the Jews and the Samaritans. She's bringing the obstacles to the foreground as a way of keeping her distance, maybe checking out how's Jesus going to respond. And so I think there's something we can look to here. How does God respond when Jesus offers us living water and we reject it? How does God respond when he invites us into his love and we push back? Verse 31, Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time's coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, and indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father's looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah's coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Now there's a ton of encouragement here in how Jesus responds to the woman at the well. Jesus doesn't shame her. He doesn't share her secrets in front of people. He doesn't tell her, you're so terrible. How could you fail to receive the love I'm offering right now? He doesn't judge her. He doesn't test her. Instead, he just shares the truth with her in love again and again in a way that continues to invite her into relationship with God. He lets her know what mountain you worship on. By the way, an issue that divided these cultures for a thousand years that's how important it was to them. He says, you know what? That's not even what's important to God. What's important to God is the spirit available to everyone, that we would worship God in spirit and in truth. And the woman recognizes this guy's pretty good. And she brings up the Messiah. That's a Jewish word, Hebrew word, includes the Samaritans, for the rescuer. This is the one who's going to come and make things right. And Jesus does something amazing here. He says, I am the Messiah. The first person Jesus tells about his true nature is a Samaritan woman who's been passed from home to home, who's been rejected and isolated and hopeless. That's the first person Jesus tells who he really is. This story means something for you and me. It means that when we feel hopeless and alone, we have a God who especially, specifically, deeply loves and comes to us right there. Our God reveals himself the most as we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus reveals through his words and his actions that God loves us in the middle even of our denial in the middle of our despair, right in the middle of all the cultural obstacles and personal pain that separate us from each other and from the love of God. The Bible says Jesus is the perfect image of God. You want to know what God's like? Look right here. God's like Jesus who comes to us, shares the love of God, and longs to give us the Holy Spirit. That's the heart of God. God wants to meet with you today, right now. 
Because God's got a plan for your life too, and it's the very same plan. It's to bless you with a spring of living water that would never run dry. Now, I opened the message today by sharing a little bit of where my life has been. Going through a divorce is the worst thing that has ever happened to me, and it happened during 2020, people. 2020 was the worst. Could I get an amen? First service, loudest amen I'm ever going to get preaching. But I'm back today, and I get to share good news with you. Jesus is faithful through everything. The Holy Spirit does not abandon us. God loves you still. Through everything you've faced, through everything that's coming, stuff's still coming. Our God is faithful. And this story ends with a pointer to why God maybe especially chooses people whose lives are broken. Verse 27. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? I love she still doubts. That's hilarious. And so the people came streaming from the village to see him. And many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. And so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we've heard him ourselves. Now we know he is indeed the savior of the world. So the woman at the well is the first evangelist. She is the very first person to have a story about Jesus that's so amazing, they got to run home and share it with everybody. Through this miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit where Jesus tells her about her life, she believes. She becomes a woman of faith. And because of her gratitude, because Jesus has honored her and reached her with the love of God, she has got to run home and tell everybody she knows. And the whole town is like, that's pretty impressive. We should give him a listen. And they invite Jesus in and they listen. And because of these things, they can say, now we know Jesus is indeed the Savior of the world. This is a miracle. And it's the kind of miracle that we see play out again and again. It's the kind of miracle that we want here at River Heights Vineyard. My version of it is this. God rescued me from drug addiction and suicide 28 years ago, and my life since then has been about sharing the story of how good God is and how much God loves you. This church is built on so many of these stories of God reaching out into the lives of Justin Law, our worship pastor, Gay Naren, my pastor and friend, John and Sue Marsden, founding pastors, Jeff Connor, pastor of announcements. Antoine and Marta Duran, our Spanish language brothers and sisters who are leading La Vina down across the hallway today. Jesus didn't just reach out to the woman at the well in her brokenness and then stop doing that. Jesus is still coming. He's still sending the Holy Spirit. He's still connecting us to the love and the power of God today. I want to invite the worship team to come back up here. I want to invite you to stand as you're able. We close our sermons with three tips, something to read, something to read, something to pray, and something to do that would connect us to the Word of God as we've received it today. 
Tip number one is read John 4, 1 through 42. You can get the whole story. It's awesome. Think about what it means for you and for the people that you love that this is the Jesus we follow. Tip number two is pray for God to give you living water. Um, I think God's love is with us all the time and God's after us all the time, but I think my spring of living water waxes and wanes. Sometimes it's full, sometimes it's bubbling up and flowing, and sometimes it's a little tiny trickle in the desert. And so I want to encourage you, ask God to fill your heart with living water. Whether you're asking him for the first time or for the thousandth time, this is what God wants to do for you. This is who God is. Tip number three is tell somebody what God has done in your life. I love she gets told Jesus is the Messiah and she goes back to town and she says, maybe this guy's the Messiah, right? Like, it's not like she has perfect faith. It's not like she knows the whole story, right? But all she's got to do is share, this is what Jesus did for me and people want to hear. You do not have to know everything to tell someone what God's done for you. This week I have tip 3B. Register for come, Holy Spirit. Steve Nicholson's amazing. I love this man. He coached John and Sue planting this church 30-some years ago, right? He's got a ton of wisdom and a really powerful way of combining like a down-to-earth practical nature with seeing God do amazing things. And I want God to do amazing things for you. That's why we're doing this conference. That's why it's free. And so that nobody has a barrier to coming and experiencing what God has for you. We're going to invite all the other vineyards. Our goal is to pack this room out. Register so you get a chair. I want to see you there. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah, we have childcare for this thing. Every session. <laughs> Still got three kids. It's good, Holly. It's good. Um, <laughs> And come with your husband, right? I can be together, which is an amazing thing. It's a gift. So we close our service with worship and prayer. The entire point of everything I'm doing when I'm preaching, all of us on the teams, is to bring you to a place of responding to God. I get sound effects from the Lord. It's great. Wow. All right. So uh, the whole point is that we can now go to God ourselves, right? I'm just telling you the stuff that I've heard from Jesus, and I don't have anything more. Jesus has all the rest of it. And so we want to turn ourselves toward Jesus right now. If you're on the prayer team, would you come forward right now? If you, like, don't always come up when you're on the prayer team, would you come up anyway right now? I may have to pray about the base. It's pretty amazing. Um, the Holy Spirit continues to do amazing things when we pray for each other. And I think there's two main things you might want prayer for today. One is you got cultural barriers between you and God. The biggest two cultural barriers I'm familiar with right now are, number one, I don't belong in church. Churches won't like me. I do the wrong things, whatever. I just want you to know that's not true. You do belong in church. You belong in the family of God. All it takes is any level of belief at all. You can say, I believe, help my unbelief, and Jesus heals. Jesus is amazing. You do belong. God has a place for you. I think the second big barrier is Christians are a bunch of doofuses. And unfortunately, it's a partially true barrier. We have doofuses here. Sometimes I'm that doofus. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians have behaved in ways that drive people away from Jesus. And I'm sorry. I'm real sorry if that's what's happened to you or people that you love. That's like a real thing. Jesus wants to cross over that barrier and show you the love of God, which is good and real. And so you might come get prayer for that. The other thing uh, you might come get prayer for is personal barriers. 
I, I brought up sensitive subjects today. If you're experiencing the kind of pain that stands between you and God, I think letting someone else pray for you is one way of giving that pain to God and seeing what God wants to do with it. And I'll just give you a tip. God wants you to have healing. That's what God wants for you. So I'm going to lead us in prayer as we transition, and then the worship team will let us know when the service is closed. Uh, Jesus, I'm super grateful that you are coming toward us, that you do not discard and reject us, that we are not outside your love, that the barriers of our culture and of our personal pain do not keep you from coming again and again. And I just ask Jesus, would you stick your hand out toward us right now? We see here in the word of God that you want to send the Holy Spirit, and I pray, God, would you give to all my friends here, all my brothers and sisters here, all your children here, a spring of life. Would you send the water of the Spirit to wash over us again for the first time or for the thousandth time? We ask that you would put in our hearts water that does not run dry even though it is tried and tested. I thank you for this mission you have of tearing down walls to keep us from each other. Help us to be a people who love you and love each other, God, again and again. Amen. I encourage you to receive prayer as God leads. And I love you, friends. It's great to be together in the presence of God.